I'm trying to decide whether we should spoil the surprise now or after the, or the after. fun theme music. Let's wait. Let's wait. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a deep dive into big movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. My name is Jordan. And I'm CJ. Jordan here is our studied and credentialed critic. That's right. And CJ is our resident nerd. CJ, Although. CJ, what are you wearing? Uh, d- nothing special. Really? Nothing. nothing special? Uh, I'm wearing a Superman watch. Oh, that's good enough, I guess. Uh, but when I put it on this morning, I realized it doesn't work. <laughs> no, after I put it on. And then I was committed. So I yeah. wore it because You're I was not excited to take it off about again. It. I know. I mean, it's not Why like you I use it to tell time. Yes. So. Um, I, we say resident nerd, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm. What are you trying to say, CJ? I might be beat out for that title in this room here today. Well, I think that's probably because today is a very, very special day. It is. Dixon, can you tell us why this is a special day? Why is this day like any other? Uh, it's because I'm here. I'm here to, uh, right. to to bless your podcast with a uh, completely unexpected guest. CJ, who is this person that I'm talking to? This wonderful man next to me is uh, Mr. Dixon Gaines. He is the associate editor at DC Universe. Uh, and he has some other cool qualities too, which not the the least of which is that he worked on Conan. It's true. For uh, a while. Many years, for about eight years all in total yeah. across a couple of networks. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, I think, like if nerd knowledge was on a scale of one to ten, I don't know, where am I? Uh, you're up there. I would say you're like, uh, you're a healthy Eight, I would say. You're I, a, it, it's a, a good amount without becoming like like weirdly <laughs> obsessive, you know, and sort of like having to like rub a cat like twelve times before you exit a room or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a good it's amount. A good <laughs> I I don't know. Eight. Uh, I feel like I need to get that, somebody else. <laughs> is, that, is eight low? D- yes. Oh, Dixon, man. are you are you the, above an eight? I you know it depends. I, I my I would say my knowledge is roughly equivalent to CJ's. I put him half a point above me. However, oh, oh, however, yeah. uh, he has beat me in terms of apparel. Uh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I have I have a handful of t-shirts uh, like here and there. Like there's a a Batman or two in the mix. Uh, whereas for CJ, CJ and I work together at, uh, at DC Universe. Uh, every single day he comes in and he has a different little bit. It's socks. It's, uh, it's uh, shoes. It's watches. It's, you know, it's, it's a jaunty chapeau sometimes perhaps. <laughs> uh, so in, in terms of, of raw knowledge, we're pretty evenly matched in terms of just uh, hats, gloves, shoes, accessories. Yeah. I think CJ's That's a clear victim. Well, hey, Dixon, if, if, if a position opens up mm-hmm. on Nerd Critic. <laughs> <laughs> listen, all right, listen. To give some context, too, if you're a 10 in nerd knowledge, you're like a, you're a weirdo. You can't speak. You're like that, yeah. you're like, like that weird, you're that weird it's, it's, yeah, it's where you can only really communicate via a series of, like, clicks and whistles. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and, like, back issues of, like, Batman. And just a backpack full yeah. of. Yeah. So you don't really want to be, like, an 8. Is probably a little, even Eight's still plenty. a little high. Eight's pl- Eight is plenty. <laughs> Eight is plenty. I, I'm sure, I'm sure CG's wife will agree. <laughs> like that's the subtitle Eight is plenty. Of this yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the subtitle of this episode is going to be Eight is Plenty. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, today, Dixon, what are we talking about today? Today, I think uh, we're all talking about Spider-Man colon Far From Home. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good professional delivery mm-hmm. of the title. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, so... First of all, just a really quick 
I was I didn't know this before going to the movie, so I, I feel a little embarrassed um, that I had to look it up uh, before we came here to record today. But uh, it, it does have the same basic creative team behind it. So same writers, same director. Um, which is important to note uh, because I think there is a lot of continuity between this, uh, yeah, the first two movies. N- not only, movies. yeah, not only in in you know actual story continuity, but like tone, feeling, character. Yeah. there's a lot of it. It feels very similar. Yeah, yeah. I, I had watched, uh, had rewatched, I should say, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming right before this, and it, it's all of a piece where like it just it it could honestly just be uh, you know. The next day in, yeah. in, the, in the life of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, F- five years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, five yeah. years kind plus of. one day. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I like that. Um, so the big, I think the big difference here is that we have a brand new giant character, Jake Gyllenhaal, as Mysterio. Um, and I think that's it. That's all I have for Above the Line. I don't, I don't, there's not a lot else that we need to talk about there. So I think we're pretty good to just go right into the spoiler-free zone, which Great. I feel like is probably best treated with the three of us as kind of like an overall first impressions. Like, yeah. what you know, without giving anything away, what, what do we like? I mean, I just, I just want to start... I want to start this conversation with one thing, which is Jake Gyllenhaal, yum. <laughs> Am I right? I honestly thought that I would be the one uh, <laughs> providing all the Jake Gyllenhaal thirst for this episode. So I'm thrilled... <laughs> And I honestly, I can't help but feel that maybe it's CJ's threatened by my nerdom, so he feels he has to one-up me in terms of the Jake Gyllenhaal thirst. But yes, Jake Gyllenhaal, colon, yum. yum. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get into this competition as well, yeah. uh, because my gosh, yeah. I turned to my wife midway through the movie and said, I feel like I probably just need to go see any movie that Jake Gyllenhaal is in, <laughs> regardless of how well it is critically received, regardless yeah. of anything. Yeah. I just need to go see it, because this guy... Is so great on screen. He's just so great. Anyway, yes, yeah. agreed. Yes, agreed. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, overall impressions of this movie. Um, you know, I'm actually gonna let you guys go first because I think my impression might be different. You say a that. little. Oh, you always, I do oh, always my. say that. It's You're like I, I have a feeling. <laughs> CJ, I don't trust your intuitions <laughs> anymore. Uh, Jordan, what did you think? All right, what? Well, well, I just for, right off the bat, I have to say, I and this is maybe a little bit too hot of a take for right now, but I but I feel obligated to uh, get this out on the very front of the episode for anybody who might be, uh, you know, really conflicted about whether or not go see this movie. And I just I have to I I don't think it's as good as the first. Well, thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, it was great to be here. Uh, this has been a wonderful episode. Bye, everyone. No, I, I don't. I don't want to. I'm not going to get into it a whole lot. I just. I think that it's. That there's a lot of things going on that I think that I really, really love. I think it's absolutely worth seeing. Um, uh, J- I don't want to say predominantly because of Jake Gyllenhaal, but predominantly because of Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and but there are there are some real weaknesses, which we'll get into later. I think. Um, it is totally worth seeing, but I also feel like it's my, I feel obligated as a, a person who criticizes to say that uh, people should manage their expectations just a little bit. Got it. Like, I don't think anybody should go into this movie expecting it to be better than the first. And I don't think people should go into this movie expecting to be, because I was so delighted by Homecoming. So, like, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly uh, we, delighted. We have talked about Homecoming before, and you I loved, you loved it more than I did. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. so, so wonderful. Um, and, I, I mean, we haven't maybe even done an episode on that movie exclusively, and now mm-hmm. I kind of wish we had, um, because it's just so great. Uh, and so I really like this movie, too, just not quite as much. 
So Dixon disagrees. Uh, as a counterpoint, you are wrong. No, I think you were. <laughs> I, I think you were. I think you were. You are I wrong. think you were leaving. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my Uber's here. Good night, everybody. No, uh, I would just, uh, like. I uh, I really enjoyed Homecoming. Uh, I thought it was wonderful. I thought, it was, especially after the last few Spider-Man movies, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, uh, it was a just a, a wonderful kind of like. Uh, way to re uh, to revisit the character, uh, and so I really liked it, and I was prepared to like. I will probably really like this as well. I loved it. Uh, I saw it uh, twice in two days. I saw it uh, opening night on Tuesday, and then I saw it again the next night because I was so delighted by it. That's Let, awesome. Uh, let's just let's just. The guy want to just get this out of the way. Yeah. How many times have you seen Endgame? I have seen. <laughs> Oh, the film uh, Avengers Endgame. I've seen it seven times. <laughs> That's a lot. In That's the movie theater, I will. I, 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 I should. I should preface that I have the uh, the AMC A list. Yes. Thing. Yes. So this is essentially this is house money that I'm playing with. Uh, uh, so it's it's through no it's no great financial burden for me. But uh, if I see it one more time, I will have been a full 24 hours uh, watching <laughs> watching Endgame. Endgame. Hour, I will say. And I am fine with it because uh, I, I each whenever it stops being absolutely delightful to me, then I will stop seeing it. It has not yet reached that point, uh, and I think it's wonderful. So yes, so I've I've seen this movie twice. Uh, I loved it. I liked it uh, even better than I liked Homecoming. I will go so far as to say that it is my second favorite Spider-Man film. Ooh, what's your favorite? Uh, Spider-Man Two with Tobey Maguire. I think is still the unimpeachable best mm. uh, for my money. Which is do, the do correct need, money. Do we need to, before we even get mm. to CJ's response, do we need to like tie this off real quick and name all of our favorite Spider-Man movies? Uh, I, I, uh, do we? Yeah. What's your like favorite we... Spider-Man movie? Spider-Verse. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I just think it's, I, it's, I think it transcends almost everything. Yeah, I, I, it, it's yeah, hard, so... it's hard to throw that one in the mix because it's just such a if, different movie. If I took Spider-Verse out of the mix, it's Homecoming. Okay, yeah, it's it's uh, it's Spider Man two for me. As oh well. yeah, with, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. All right, okay. All right, All right. <laughs> so you're outnumbered you know today. You know what? I'm on the other side of the table, <laughs> and so I shouldn't be surprised. Physically and spiritually, yeah. you are on the other side <laughs> yes. of this whole thing. Uh, my my uh, my impressions of this movie, Spider Man Far From Home. Um, I would say I did not like the first half of the movie. That's that's why I said I was it was different for me. Yeah, uh, I did not like the first half of the movie. I was a little bummed. I was a little upset. Bummed. I was bummed. Um, I was confused. Uh, and then it's a roller coaster of emotions. And then with the you. the second half uh-huh. was okay. uh, was so good that uh, I had a better time. Like I had such a good time in the second half of this movie that it didn't. The first half almost didn't matter. And uh, I, if you put Homecoming and Far From Home in front of me, I would choose Far From Home every time. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. because so we're okay. talking we're talking out of you know if if uh, Homecoming is two hours and this one's two hours, th- there was one hour that's so good I would rather watch that one hour over the other three. Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. Well, okay, okay. Um, I feel like. <laughs> w- how many more things can we say without spoiling? Because this is one of those movies that needs to not be talked about too much. Yeah. Because right. there's some very, very significant... Big, big, big <laughs> sure. twist throughout that, yes. that kind yeah. of reconfigure how you view everything and how you view performances and plot and everything. I wouldn't say it's the most... 
I mean, we'll, I'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But should we say anything else? Um, I, yeah, I have. I, I Tom Holland want, is the best Spider-Man. Uh, I, I agree. Continually. I I, I'm, I, I do I, agree. I agree. That came like a question. <laughs> okay. I, I mostly agree. There, uh, There's a the, footnote to your agreement. If only because for, for me, the reason why I think Spider-Man 2 is kind of like the gold standard is that it best combines, you know, kind of like like the G whiz comic bookiness of it all with uh, some uh, some real true heart to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Toby really uh, kind of exemplified that really well. That being said, Tom Holland does everything else perfectly. So it's, uh, yeah. I would say... Yes, 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 Pro- probably yes, 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 yeah. yes, dot, dot, dot. Yes, <laughs> yes. I just want to get across, if only Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. wasn't a piece of human garbage, it might be a, more of a contest. <laughs> I, oh, I, I just want to illustrate <laughs> how bad of a time I had in the first half of this movie. I, I am shocked uh, that, that that you're... It was that strong. Yeah, you, like, I, I can, I, I'm about to compare it to something that, that is going to blow your minds. This right. is how... The, while I was watching the movie, I was thinking in my head, you know what this is like? This is like the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> Where she goes to Europe? Where she goes to Europe. It was like the... It, I mean... I can't say that I'm familiar with that film. <laughs> With that, with that particular she, she, title. She goes on a school trip to Europe, and they hit very similar places, and it's this, like, fan... It was just... It felt very similar. Now, which part of the Lizzie McGuire movie... It's been some time since I saw it, but which part of the Lizzie McGuire movie did she uh, batter, battle some type of water monster <laughs> in Venice? Was that on the the director's cut, or was that... Uh, uh, just it was a deleted scene. The scene was in there. <laughs> uh, I, I get that there was some more excitement in mm-hmm. Spider-Man, but, like... The overall tone and feeling was just such a miss for me. And I get that they were really trying to establish, like, hey, guys, Spider-Man is a teenager. Mm. He's a teenager. It's Tom Holland, mm. and he's adorkable, and he's a teenager. <laughs> adorkable. And I and they mm. got that across, but they 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 just they went a little hard for me. See, you know, I, I love the fact that they kind of really kind of dug into his, his home life, just because we've seen Spider-Man uh, many times since Homecoming. We've seen him in... in Infinity War, we've seen him in Endgame, and but we've really only seen him as Spider-Man. And so I like the fact that they, this is like the reminder, like he has a life. This is what he constantly has to pick between between being Spider-Man, the hero, and you know Peter Parker, you know the uh, the adorable teen. I do feel like that was handled just as well, if not better, in Homecoming, though. I, I mean, I th- I think that was handled better in Homecoming. I, I, yeah. yeah, I agree, but yeah. I wanted to be gentle with yeah. our guests. <laughs> Don't worry about my feelings. I'm right. used to network TV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, can, I, can, I can see what you mean. I, for me, what I liked about it was that it, it, it concentrated on the important stuff that we, that we got from, from uh, Homecoming. So that's, you know, his relationship with MJ, you know, his, his friendship with Ned, uh, the fact that uh, Flash is a schmuck. Schmuck is that what? Schmuck. Schmuck is okay. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to watch my p's and q's. Uh, Schmuck is okay. Yiddish, fine. (laughs) On this fair game, all Yiddish is fair game. So, uh, so I I thought that they didn't need to kind of go into it as whole hog as they did uh, in in Homecoming. So I was I was I was happy with it. And I I just liked all the character beats that we got from the movie and that we we got to see them behave 
uh, as kids do, uh, as you know, in full Lizzie McGuire mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what, what, where are we at, CJ? Uh, uh, we just we just hit. Uh, wait, wait. We're about to hit sixteen minutes oh. right now. Oh, it's time. It's time. I think it's time to spoil the bonkers out of this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's time to just ruin it for everybody if they don't stop listening and they haven't seen it yet. Which, if you haven't seen it, just go watch it. Just go watch it. It's, it's a delightful it. movie. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's delightful. You're, not, you're missing a good time yeah. if you don't go see this movie. Yeah. So, uh, um, Spoilers from here on out. Spoilers from this moment forward. Can, can I start it? Everybody dies. <laughs> Again. They're, just Again. Really, they're really unlucky. They're yeah. so unlucky. <laughs> uh, I want to start it off, okay? Go for it. Jake Gyllenhaal... Yum. Am I right? <laughs> Wait, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I feel like we're retreading ground. No, here. I just wanted not a spoiler <laughs> either. But I, now, I, now, he, I, now I, it's a villainous yum. Yeah, it's true. Now, now, it's, now it's yum, but with reservations. Yes. Was anybody uh, really surprised that he turned out to be the villain? I don't think anybody was surprised. I think the entire time, I think, and even before the movie opened, I think it was just a matter of like how, like, well, how what, what will be the yeah. twist? How What will be the heel turn? What will exactly make him, like, how will he become the schmuck? Uh, and I really did like the way it turned because okay so here was my anticipation uh th- i'm just i'm i'm curious well you said you wanted to start was that just for the joke it was okay, for the joke yeah. <laughs> I, I, feel, I guess i was about to feel real bad for just like for just like taking all the thunder away but so i was i was thinking i was kind of trying to remember so <laughs> i'm not the nerd in the group i don't know anything about this stuff i don't know i mean CJ, you talked about Mysterio. I don't know if it was on the show or off the show. I think it was off the show, but you talked about you told me all that I ever heard about Mysterio. I heard from you. Oh, okay. And so you were telling me a little bit about Mysterio, and we're like, it's really interesting. I wonder what they could do with him. This is kind of his his history in the comic books, and I was like, that sounds really interesting. I wonder if it'll it'll be lame. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so uh, so it's starting out, and I'm like, well, I really love Jake, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think this is going great. Um, but the whole like backstory about the different dimensions and all that stuff. I was like, okay, so maybe what's really happening is that he's like nefariously trying to take over the world for his people or whatever. Sure. Cause they're like, yeah. well, you know, I'm like, I'm like, how are they going to do it? Right. So like this question is, is, is like haunting me. And then the way it turned out, I thought was really, really great. Like yeah. incredibly satisfying. Uh, not necessarily in execution, but definitely in content. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was uh, there was a big nerd tease there about multiple universes yes. because not Which only I like hate. multiple universes, <laughs> but but the he's like this is Earth six one six and I'm from Earth. That's Which like, I was like, but who decided the numbers, though? That, well, that's like, which well, Earth got to decide Stan what... Stan Lee decided what <laughs> <my friend. laughs> He did. Earth 616, like, that That wasn't just, like, something they threw in. Like, yeah. Earth 616, we... Like, our Earth is Earth 616 in, yes, in the comics. Yes. And it's like, they really teased that, that, that it exists, maybe, but then they're like, nope, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, what I, you know, what I liked about it was that, yeah, you had you this... Initial idea, like it's yeah, it's gonna be like this invasion, or like he's gonna be some some type of like extra dimensional cosmic, you know, just badness. Whereas reality, it's much more mundane and therefore much more sort of like uh, believable, like much more he, interesting. Yeah, he just wants attention. He wants to. He's a prima donna, and he wants all eyes on him. <clears throat> uh, and which I thought was great. I mean, it, uh, it, essentially, like it was a comic book villain as a tyrannical film director. <laughs> which I thought was wonderful, like, like when yeah, when he's murderous, he's like like he's like a murderous, uh, you know. I don't know who's who's a good tyrannical film director. I uh, I don't know Michael Bay. 
<laughs> I, I, I've heard. I, I've heard. I, I could. I could see this. This because uh, I'm sure he based his behavior on some director. <laughs> I, I, I. He's not said anything, but we can all have our guesses. But like when he's like screaming, you know, at his, at his wardrobe woman, like you know, get depressed. I need. I can't have a wrinkle in my in my cape in case I meet the queen. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, it was, it was like, yeah. yeah. That stuff was yeah. awesome. And it's, uh, to give some some history of the character in the comics, he was, so they, they changed him, they changed really very little about him. They it's, changed one thing, which was, in the comics, he was a stuntman. He didn't work for, for Tony Stark. But oh, okay. other than that, it's like, you know, the way, the drones, obviously, they brought him to 2019, but it's all... Pretty yeah. much the same. I mean, it was really cool. He 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 doesn't have any any superpowers. He's just really 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 smart, and he uses illusion sometimes some gas. Right. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Illusions, Michael. Uh, was it illusions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you threw you threw me off my train of thought. See, see, now, see, I want to answer back, but this is a family friendly podcast, <laughs> and I can't. So just but no, in my head, I'm answering you. Uh, no, actually, what I liked about it was that yeah, in the comic book. In the comic books, he was uh, – it was all just uh, illusions and sleight of hand and tricks and gags and all that stuff like that. But for me, just reading them even further back, I'm like, I can't believe that. I can't imagine just like, you know, the idea of special effects like fooling Spider-Man. They're fooling Thor or whoever. But now, you know, where special effects in, in real life have progressed to such a state, like, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I, I can see that working. Like, it's not like, you know, like – uh, like a fog machine, you know, and some like silly putty from Party City or something like that. It's like this full on kind of like virtual reality thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, and just as just kind of further underscoring the idea of, the, of this being like a film director gone mad, just like his real superhero uh, costume, his real supervillain costume, is in fact just a mocap costume. Yeah. Is uh, like which I'm sure would exactly mirror what Tom Holland's looks like. At that exact moment, we're not actually covered with like the little Spider-Man CGI effect. Yeah, which oh, is, oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. A, that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. That's a great point. Huh. I like that. I, you know, and to <clears throat> excuse me, uh, speaking of those illusions and hallucinations and etc., uh, gorgeous. Some of the coolest sequences yeah. in Marvel movies, I think, since <laughs> I want to say since Doctor Strange, um, with like the reality bending yeah. stuff happening um just virtuosic editing sequences where things are just kind of like unfolding and appearing and blasting apart in ways that are stunning and terrifying in a kind of an existential way knowing you just can't know what's going to happen and yeah. you can't know what's real and that is i think it, it, it is it works exactly perfectly for what it's trying to do which is communicating this thing that here's spider-man totally like totally overpowered by uh by what mysterio can do yeah and I think that that also kind of gets into why I loved it so much and why it's second for me only to Spider-Man 2, which is that it is just so comic booky and is so unashamed of its comic book roots. So like, especially after Endgame, where you have you know all the portals open and everyone's fighting together, and you, and you know that is for me that was just like a huge. That's what I would have seen when I was like you know 12 years old and opening to like to like the middle of the comic book and seeing this huge like splash page of like all my favorite heroes fighting. Same same thing with this, but like the imagery there. Is just full on comic book imagery. I'm sure that I uh, that they probably took specific images from yeah. from the past. Like I'm I'm almost positive there's you know there's a scene where Spider-Man is, is like trapped in the snow globe that is Mysterio's head and, and like the cityscape. I'm almost positive that is from some issue or another that I can't quite recall. <laughs> yeah, there was there was an issue where um, <clears throat> where Mysterio tricks him and makes him think that he shrunk him down, mm -hmm. and then Mysterio is this giant thing trying to crush him, um, and then he discovers that he's on a movie set. 
so it was like it was really it was really reminiscent of of the comic in a really cool way. The uh, the scene that holds so much weight in my enjoyment of this movie, uh, talking visually, is uh, when he he you know turn, tunes into his Peter Tingle, <laughs> and. Uh, and just like goes forward and we're like half in the illusion. But as he punches the stuff, we see real life. And it, it's just like, it was a, it, it that scene <laughs> as he was fighting his way down this hallway was absolutely remarkable. I mean, that was, that was a, a good majority of the enjoyment for me came from that moment. Let's talk about oh. the Peter Tingle. Okay. <laughs> okay. First of all, That's- so funny and so great. I, the way the fact that it comes from Aunt May and it's just oh, it's fantastic. Um, the the final moment. Um, speaking of spoilers, the final moment between him and Mysterio when um, Mysterio slash what is it? The Quentin Beck. Quentin, Quentin Beck. Beck. Quentin yep. Beck uh, is is supposedly perishing on the ground and giving his last speech or whatever. Ugh. And then in that moment when when you hear the gunshot and Peter's hand is out holding the gun. And you realize that it's just one more sort of trick, one final sort of gambit. And that that moment, the look on Tom Holland's face to sell that moment and 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 the way that it was set up was so so good. <laughs> it was so good. It was yeah, the last yeah. it was the final moment where if you were gonna trick Peter into or I should say away from or out of his Peter Tingle abilities, <laughs> the spider yeah. sense, that was the moment, right? Yeah. And so that's the, mo- the, so the, the, the last test of his ability to follow his instinct was that moment, to not get literally executed by this trick. I know. And what I also, I, what I loved about that scene was that it's such like a mundane, visceral thing. Like this isn't like, you know, like aliens with lasers or like some like yeah. you know like mutate thing it's just it's a guy with uh, a pistol in his hand who's gonna shoot you who's, in just, who's just gonna just clock you right in the head and if, and then i think that's just what makes it so like big and immediate and like and jarring yeah when you see it uh and you're right like, shout out to tom holland for for that scene and for his confrontation with happy a little bit earlier when he's in the jet and he's oh yes. lois uh, Tom Holland so is a fantastic actor i don't know if, if you guys have ever seen a movie called the impossible yes that he's Ugh. in uh, it's a great movie. It's all about the tsunami uh, yeah. in Southeast Asia. He's in it now. He watches Cried it. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like buckets. 14. He's 14. And, I, and he stellar. Did, did an amazing job. And so when he uh, when the news was that he got cast, because I think it was between him and uh, Aza, Aza Butterfield. Butterfield. Butter, yeah. Butterworth. Yeah. Butterworth. Butter, Butterfield. Butterfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not, a, not a great actor. Yeah. And so, and <laughs> but he, at the time, I think he was a little more popular. Uh, and yeah. Been, yeah. When they cast Tom Holland, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. He's such a good actor. And I knew immediately that we would be uh, in good hands. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's been great. He's been yeah. fantastic. Um, Such a good actor. I, so I want to talk about the, the, something that by the, the end of the movie and, and with some reflection kind of helps me forgive the first half a little bit uh, in what they set up to uh, discuss in the character of Peter Parker is, you know, what is the big Spider-Man saying, right? With great power comes great responsibility. We've heard it. Way too many times, <laughs> but it's a great line. Mm-hmm. And so they took that, and I can I, I can like hear like the writers being like, "With great power comes great responsibility, huh? Is that true?" <laughs> and then they wrote a script about it because this entire movie is asks the question, you know, 
If you do have abilities, so let's take it out of a superhero context real quick. If you have talents and abilities and potential and whatever, do you have a moral obligation to use those things to benefit other people? That's the, that's the big question. Spider-Man is trying to decide, I have these abilities, I've, I've been told that I have to use them for other people, but I don't wanna, I wanna go talk to a girl. Am I morally obligated to do so? Uh, and, and just kind of the discussion around that I thought was beautiful. The fact that they would go to like the core of Spider-Man and be like, let's question that. I really enjoyed it. Agreed. That's a really good, that's a really good insight. I like that a lot. That's not something that stuck out obviously to me, but um, like in retrospect, I think what you're saying is totally true. That's, that's something they were exploring deeply. Um, and it's, that's very satisfying because it isn't, it isn't self-evident, right? Like you can't just say it and then expect someone to believe it. You kind of yeah. have to experience it. It has to unlock for you personally. It, and so in this movie, it unlocks for him because he's able to see what the consequences of either decision are. Yes, and it's and it's one of those things that because um, if that is true, if that idea is true, then that means that squandering potential is morally bad. Is like morally to its core bad. If realizing the potential is morally good, you know what I mean. It would have to be that way, uh, and so. The fact that when, like, it, if you could imagine Spider-Man not doing the things that he does, people die, that is morally bad, right? You know, that like, it is that straightforward well, I, with Spider-Man. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think on, even on a, on a more subtle, maybe on a... In a, on a, in a more nuanced way, it's also communicating this, this, this idea that if you, if, if you are in a position where you can take responsibility to do some good and you don't take that responsibility someone else will hmm. and they may not have good intentions sure yeah. like you yeah, you will him. not you will not you don't you don't just send it into the void if if you have a job to do and you don't do it someone else will step in and do it but it's not going to be in a way that that you could have done it it's yeah. it's not it's it's going to be it's going to be different. And I think for the, I mean the, the the macro lesson here is that you know the the idea that when good people do nothing you know, bad people win basically or whatever. I, I butchered to death that <laughs> saying. But no, no, I think you got it exactly right. <laughs> I, I think that's word for word how this thing goes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that that's, that's the overall mark here is that you, you can't just expect other people to do the good that you know that you can do. Yeah. Right, you can't outsource your responsibilities. You which, can, yeah, which is what kind of he ends up doing. Uh, where, he's, where he's like, "Hey, you know, like I want to, I want to hang out with my friend. I want to hang, you know, you yeah. know, talk to a girl. Uh, here, you take this multi-trillion-dollar, you know, uh, <laughs> you know near magical uh, weapon system. Uh, I'm sure you're a nice guy. You know, I've known you for a solid 36 hours. Best of luck to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. No, you know, it's uh, and I think that's an important lesson that he learned. And then, you know, and one other thing that they have that I think I, you need for every Spider-Man movie is that. Spidey needs to suffer a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Spidey yeah. has to, you know, go through some. Uh, it's it's kind of true to the comics, where like you know he's, you know he defeats the villain, you know, but he's late on his rent. You know he uh, he saves the world, but you know he he can't make his date on time. And you have that uh, that great scene, and, and again Tom Holland, fantastic actor, does it with no dialogue whatsoever. But when he's leaving the opera, you oh, know the, the, yeah. it's a class trip. They're going to the opera. Uh, MJ is like, hey, sit next to me. You know, we'll, like you know share some opera glasses together, you know, winkity wink wink. Uh, <laughs> and and he's, he, he knows that's all he wants to do. You can see in his eyes, 
he just wants to sit there and like and just be next to the girl he likes. He can't. He has to go out there. He leaves her, uh, you know, next to his arch nemesis Brad. Is Brad? Brad. <laughs> Brad. Brad. The, uh, Brad. Is it Brad or is it Billy? No, Bill? I think it's Brad. Is it Brad? Brad? Yeah, dude, Brad. Brad. That's such a good. <laughs> just high school villain. All, 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 Brad, good, all good high school uh, villains have good like monosyllabic names like Brad, yeah. Chad, yeah. Tad, <laughs> Frat. Well, man, not Frat. Uh, but it's that scene was great, and so you you need to have that that element of like this is the sacrifice that he's making because of that responsibility. Because if if there's no sacrifice, then then you know, what's the point? Then it's, then it's not really a responsibility. It's a it's a perk. It's also uh, really I really love that scene for the 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 contention within his character about. So not not only is he, you know, having to make this really difficult choice of not doing the thing he really wants to do to do the thing he feel like he, he feels like he has to do, but also um, he keeps committing to her that he's mm. going to. He's like, yeah, no, 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 I'm gonna sit there. It's, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you, he, this, this is one of those character flaws that needs to get burned out of him through through the course of this movie, and I'm sure you know onward. Um, but you can't you can't do both things, and you can't pretend to do both things. Or else you make things worse. So you know he's not improving his relationship with MJ by committing to go sit next to her and then and then failing to show up. He's just endangering that relationship and his own identity, which yeah. you know we find out later. Uh, those chickens come home to roost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I wanted to bring up also um, the the role that Tony Stark played in this movie because uh, it's because re- it's really an interesting one. It's amazing how present he was without being uh, in the movie. Yeah, I mean he was everywhere. <laughs> but I bet he still got paid a little bit. <laughs> they used his likeness. Um, yeah, I mean he. Yeah, when when Peter says I see him everywhere, it's because he is everywhere. <laughs> like he's at murals and pictures. <laughs> to be and, fair, if there was like some, you know, if uh, you know, if Bill Gates, you know, prevented the uh, the literal death of the universe several uh, times, uh, several times <laughs> over, I imagine there'd be a billboard or, or, yeah. or two of old yeah. Bill. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, uh, but I, I am surprised. So, cause he was kind of oddly enough, the, the driving force for this movie, because there were, there were three people that saw Tony differently that played key parts in this movie. So one was obviously Peter who sees Tony as this, you know, the ultimate hero and mm-hmm. trying to live up to that expectation. Yeah. His missing father figure. All yes. That. All yeah. that. And then you have Mysterio who seemingly Tony Stark, the way he saw Tony Stark turned him into a villain or, or brought that out of him, mm-hmm. I guess that he was the, the ultimate hypocrite, right? Mm-hmm. And he was taking credit for other people's work. Egomaniac. Yeah. Egomaniac. All of that. I think binge drinking man child, I think is what he, <laughs> he calls it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, because of that, and and how he treated him, he ends up, you know, kind of being Mysterio. But then the third one, which is really, it's an, it's a fascinating happy medium. No uh, pun intended. Uh, no, that's terrible. Because it's happy. Mm-hmm. Happy says, "I was, I'm his, I was his best friend, and he was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like he, he didn't know what was going on." Uh, he just like tried his best, and so happy decided. Shout out to John Favreau too. Oh my gosh! The, I mean, the longest, what a the longest standing man. Marvel it's still, universe it's still standing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not Terrence Howard, that's for sure. But he, yeah, he he was like, I saw Tony for what he was. The, the he was kind of a terrible person, but I decided because I know that I have the abilities of being his friend and helping bring out that hero in him. So I have a responsibility to do that. So I did that. Right. He was like a really toned down version of 
with great power comes great responsibility. His power was being there for Iron Man. Uh, and now his power is to be there for Spider-Man, a.k.a. And the the new Well, more of a summer fling, I think. <laughs> also, if we yeah. can say uh, yum to Jake Gyllenhaal, let us say yum to Marissa Tomei, who I believe is 54. Oh, yeah. And, and still got it. Yeah. looks a delight. Yeah. Uh, and a wonderful actress, a, a fully fe- uh, realized uh, character and woman, but also she looks terrific. Yeah. <laughs> she, does. She, does. She's, she does. She's she's working with stonewashed uh, bell bottoms. <laughs> it's, a, it's a full look. Uh, hide the, the mom jeans that never look so good. That's if true. you will. It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I just, I really, like, Happy's character was so essential in this movie. Uh, you know, and he he played for some jokes, and he's John Favreau, and he's fantastic, and he could have written, directed, produced, and starred in this movie, mm-hmm. and it all would have been fantastic. But the, the somewhat small character with little screen time was perfectly essential to Spider-Man's character. Oh, absolutely. I was really delighted with the way that his character was used in this movie. I was hoping for that too when I cuz in the preview there's a suggestion that yeah. oh mm-hmm. Happy's going to have some things to say and it turns out that he becomes this really critical um uh character and I loved every every moment he's on screen. I mean John Favreau is fantastic but he was also written very very well and his character is just executed great in this movie. Um it was very satisfying. I would say the, the, one of the, the good strengths from this the series of from Homecoming and from Far From Home is that they have all these wonderful characters that can bounce off each other really, really well. Uh, and even I think the Tobey Maguire movies, which by and large I love, don't have that same kind of uh, kind of ability. Whereas here, MJ can talk with Ned and, and have that kind of good dynamic. Or, or, or uh, Ned can be with uh, Betty Brandt, uh, his uh, summer fling. And, and so there's all these, all these great characters because they're all well-realized and they're all well-acted. And it's it, they can just talk to each other and just make it seem like a fuller universe rather than just like, we're killing time in between action set pieces. I mostly, oh, here we go. <laughs> I mostly agree with you. I mostly okay. agree with you. I think that there are, I think that there are a couple of unfortunate. I think there's particularly one unfortunate actor in this ensemble, and I and I think it's Ned. Interesting. Mm, interesting. I think I think he's I think he's not very good. Hmm. Uh, the character or the or the actor? The actor. Behind? Okay. Yeah, I think the character. It's hard for me to tell. Sometimes. Even in Homecoming. Yeah, I okay. would say he was maybe a little better in this movie, slightly. But okay. in neither movie did I find him to be what he was supposed to be, which was charming and funny and and lovable. I mostly thought that he was taking up space on screen. Um, not making a fat joke. <laughs> that's uh, that's just that's just the way I felt in terms of. It. In terms of him occupying a valuable character space, yeah. uh, the, he just n- almost never gives anything that I'm happy with. Where I'm like, oh, that's really funny and cool and I'm glad he's here. Mostly I'm like, okay, finish talking so we can get to the people <laughs> who I want to see. Like it's, it's really, it really wasn't, I, I think, and I think it mostly comes down to performance. I think his character's written okay. Um, maybe, maybe good. It's hard for me to tell though because I feel like almost none of the comedic moments, for me, landed and my wife is an actress and this is something that almost ruined the first movie for her and severely detracted from the second movie for her too she's like he's just not a good actor at all our 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 three perspectives are very different uh i didn't have a problem with ned this is going to be a very unpopular Uh, here we go you hated tom holland Uh, (laughs) how dare you sir um i 
I felt very little chemistry between Peter and MJ. Okay, no, this is good. So I'm not going to – this. I would say to a lesser extent, I think um, Zendaya was not the – I think she's a better actress than what she did uh, in yes, this movie. Yes, I, I think so and, too. And I think that you can see evidence of her abilities at moments in this movie. But overall, I don't know if it was a directing problem. Very likely that it was. Or if it was a choice uh, that wasn't corrected. But she's too one note too much uh, of the time. Yeah, so I think I think the changes they made to the character, which are a lot... There are. Um, I actually I liked her a lot better in this than I did in Homecoming. Oh, for sure. I, uh, I agree it, with there that. There she was fine. She was. Uh, I mean, there you want to talk about one? No, her whole thing is like she's she's pessimistic, and it was funny, but like it was whatever. Yeah. Whereas this, I really liked her a lot more. I agree. Uh, I think I, uh, I think I liked her more than both of you, just in terms of of. I thought she was. I thought she had great chemistry with Tom Holland. Interesting, because uh, I know that they're they're legitimately really good friends. Mm. The the two actors and they. I've seen them or possibly dating, depending on what uh, Team Bop yeah, magazine. Yeah, sure. Subscribing but to like, like if you all s- of them, yeah. I subscribe to all of them. <laughs> I, you should expect a call from the FBI. <laughs> Um, if you that was a really dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, if you if you see them together on just about like whether it's social media, talk show, anything, they have a lot of chemistry together. But they changed MJ in. I think they were going for like the the pessimist, like a charming negativity, um, like a, like a Daria maybe. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're familiar. Good, with the, uh, good reference. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, the dream of the '90s is right here. Yes, and it's alive, <laughs> and it's Daria, uh, and it's Daria. But it just it didn't it didn't. I I, I could see them trying to the adorkable being complimented with the too cool for school too cool for school that's so and it just didn't land yeah, for me her, she, it was it was too it was too one note and the thing is that i could see like i could see it being an, an almost realist interpretation like this is what she would actually be like but i'm like yeah but that's not interesting nobody wants to hang out with that girl all the time yeah that's why she doesn't I have any say, friends i would say they do if she looks like zendai <laughs> <laughs> so she she uh when she when when you see when she, when the when the real her sort of breaks through that facade it's really charming and lovely but it it, it too quickly reverts to that sort of like i'm just standing here and looking down my nose at everything and happening and i'm gonna tell this dry joke that no one understands and that's just my character. And if you if you get that too much, it's like that's fine to establish a baseline. But then what I but any time I any time any scene after that, I mostly want to see other things mm. I, because it's too it's just not interesting to watch on screen. Did your opinion uh, of her change after uh, she they had the, that scene on the bridge where she yeah. figures out that that uh, I love that were, scene. That yeah. that was a great scene. That was absolutely that that whole sequence where where they're talking in the hotel and mm. she's kind of like and it, it yeah. becomes very clear. Great. And I th- I'm like. In my mind, I'm like, I want more of that earlier Mm -hmm. because, like, it wouldn't have spoiled anything. It would have been wonderful all the way through because this was, to your point, this was a a CJ earlier. You talked about how the first half of this movie was frustrating for you because it felt like a bad teen comedy. And I think one of the reasons it felt that way is because we weren't getting the real value and substance out of the teen comedy. So, like, you were getting a kind of a you were getting a fake a uh, big high stakes story with Mysterio that, that was setting up to be fake and it was a great payoff that it was fake but you were getting uh, on an on purpose lukewarm like action hero movie right with where you're essentially uh there's no substance there because there's not supposed to be substance there 
and then you're getting a, a supposedly real stakes teen movie that isn't paying off in the way that it should because I will contend that Ned isn't a good actor or uh, I won't name his actual name because I feel bad for saying this, but I just don't <laughs> think he's a good actor. And um, and Zendaya giving, I think, a subpar performance for what she's capable of or maybe subdirected. But regardless, the vision, the, the, the execution wasn't there in a way that was satisfying. And so the first half of the movie feels like a not very good action movie and a not very good teen comedy, <laughs> which is why I yeah. say... It's not as good as the first because the first didn't have those problems. The sure. first kind of like started a good sprint and just kept running all the way through. Yeah. So wh- whereas there are there are moments and scenes and elements of this film that I think are actually much stronger than the first movie, um, I overall uh, I think the first half is pretty problematic for those reasons. Yeah, yeah. I've I've one one more gripe. Okay. Give, a, <laughs> give us your gripe, CJ. <laughs> you just cringed a little. I will. I, well, I, uh, I recognize all of these. Uh, all of these points you're saying. I, I do think uh, that uh, Ned is a little one note. Uh, I am kind of curious whether movies going forward because now he can can share more space with, uh, with MJ. Whether that'll help kind of soften uh, his stuff because essentially his his bit is like he's as. Uh, he's as dorky as Peter Parker is, but even more so, even more socially awkward, and everything's kind of turned up to uh, to eleven, which a little bit goes a long way. Uh, you know, like like paprika, there's only you only need so much of it to, <laughs> to make your stew. Yeah. But let's go back to CJ's gripe. Yeah, so my my gripe, I think you'll actually like this gripe. Mm-hmm. There was no reason, no reason other than contracts, for Mysterio to die. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, I don't think he's dead either. <gasps> so okay, before before so this is one of there. there I I have a lot to say about this movie, and we we are we don't have infinite time, so um, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to triage here. So one really important thing that we have to talk about, or we will we should be ashamed of ourselves as a podcast because <laughs> this show is not doing its job if we don't talk about this. We have to talk about the end credit scenes oh, yeah, sure. because because the so. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but up to this point, end credit scenes have not been critical to the story of the movie. Uh, it's, generally, it's speaking, off and on. generally speaking, if you don't stay for the end credit scenes, you might be missing some fun beats, some really cool yeah, stuff. And not some critical stuff. like this one. But no. that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the first time, I think, that both, both end credit scenes are absolutely, absolutely 100% essential to the story, without which you have an entirely different story. Yeah. So, the question that I would like us all to explore, and I do not have an answer for this, is, well, first of all, and this is a sub-question, so I will actually, I will not say first of all, say second of all. So, first of all, uh, the big question is, um, is this good, bad, or neither? <laughs> so, like, is it is it is it good to have... So, I feel like the... Like the, the idea, the tool, yeah, generally? the tool okay. of use the tool of using end credit scenes as an essential, like fundamental part of building the overall story of a movie, um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And for I should say, uh, secondly, and this is kind of like in support of that, or to help us, to help us maybe dig into that question a little bit constructively, is um, is it a problem that the or is it a problem that the second post credits credits scene sort of covers the sins 
of the early of earlier in the movie. <laughs> and, and sure. By, by which yeah. I mean Nick Fury is yeah. Not, woefully underutilized. Yeah. Is real yeah. dumb. It, it, is really dumb. Yeah. Doesn't work at all. Is like sort of uh, unfortunate, and you kind of look past it because there's lots of other good stuff going on. But yeah. you're thinking, if this is all they did with Nick Fury, that's sad. And then at the very very end, we find out wasn't really Nick Fury, but. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's maybe a problem. That seems like maybe you, that seems like a cheat to me. Like that seems like you gave me two hours of movie that I. Doesn't matter. That, yeah. Well, yeah. no, not two hours of movie doesn't matter, but two hours of movie where my enjoyment was significantly reduced because of a decision that you made that you've then paid off with the end credit scene, which doesn't atone for the fact yeah. that I had a less enjoyable experience with Nick Fury. I would disagree with that. Uh, for two reasons. Number one, because it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, no, uh, uh, for, I, I, feel, I feel enlightened. I mean, I would Please, say, sir, go on. I would, <laughs> no, I think I've said enough. Uh, <laughs> no, I would say it's it for me. It's almost kind of like when uh, the magician reveals his trick, or like when uh, if you watch like a heist movie mm-hmm. and you see, oh, this is how like they did they did in the heist. Like for Ocean's Eleven, when you see like exactly how they you know they. They fooled uh, Andy Garcia into getting the the money out of the vault. Yeah, it's it's not so much like like oh you 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 turn the tables on us you monster. It's sort of like we tricked you, but this is this is how it makes you kind of just kind of critically reevaluate everything that you think you saw. It makes you kind of reexamine the magic trick. Because when I was watching the movie, in the back of my head, I was enjoying myself, but I was like, this doesn't quite feel like Nick Fury. Like mm-hmm. like like he's he seems angrier than usual he seems a little dumber than usual it, it's like something felt off and in my head i was just thinking like oh well maybe like they only had samuel jackson to shoot for like a week and they just had to like you know like one two three four five just just kind of quick get out of the gate that's not what you should be thinking during the movie this I think is my lot. point no this is my point so so if you're gonna have a big twist that recontextualizes everything that came before that's fine that actually is fine now what we need to talk about is whether or not it's okay to put that at the very very end of the credits that's something we need to establish i think Finally and definitively, for all time, here we need to figure that this, out. This will have legal precedent. This, <laughs> yes, will, be, yes, uh, this exactly. will be cited in court cases uh, across the land. But 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 even but even beside that point, uh, you can't, you shouldn't ever have the twist make up for weaknesses in the story. Mm-hmm. And I would say Nick Fury, because and, and it, to, as you're saying, he's so he's he's a little more angry. He's a little dumber. Like yeah, I get that. But also, it wasn't pushed enough. For me to really notice it, and it didn't add value to the story. So it would have been interesting mm-hmm. if there if there was if someone else had noticed, right? If mm-hmm. someone's like, "Why is Nick Fury being weird?" and then and then you're like, oh, "Okay, so they're in on it. So the writers know mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like we know that we're not like. I don't feel like I'm just watching bad writing because mm-hmm. that's the problem. Is that if I if, sure, I, I, if I the whole movie yeah. think what's wrong with Nick Fury, mm-hmm. then my assumption is the filmmakers are screwing up. There there was one line in there that I think we're, you're gonna, you're gonna switch the the. Your the, Earth? Is that, is that you're going to cite? No. Okay. Like when, I don't think so. When, when, uh, when Spider-Man first meets Mysterio, I was like, he's from Earth. He's just not from your Earth. And I, my ears uh, perked up on that and, and I'm just going to file it away for later. That's, that's uh, cool. Oh, that's cool. But, but it's an Easter egg. And Easter yeah. eggs are not enough. Yeah. That doesn't, They're, I mean, Easter eggs are essentially, you can go back and retrograde, retroactively add Easter eggs wherever you want. That doesn't. That doesn't solve the bigger problem of making sure that the story works on its own without yeah. the big twist. So there, so there was one line that uh, that was interesting enough for me to give excuse to the character, which was, um, you know, I used to know everything, and now it's five years later, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's going on. So it, it almost gave kind of, um, but you're, I mean. Jordan, to your point, it was an excuse for an unenjoyable time with the character because I was like, oh, 
like he they're they're writing in that he's not as sharp as Nick yeah. Fury should be. What the, what they're do, what they're doing is essentially is saying, "Hey, forgive us for uh having a less cool Nick Fury." Okay, moving yeah. on. And yeah. that like that's sad. Sure. And like it's just to, yeah, I think that this is probably I also and this is really cynical of me, but I have to wonder if that wasn't something that they decided on later when they realized that Nick Fury's character oh, wasn't no working. No way. No, because it's way too because huge. That's, that, because that's how it feels. I would, that's I would how it feels. Because I, there's I, no way. It feels like, like somebody watched that movie and they watched a cut of it, right? They were doing a, like, a, a ah, review screening. Nick Fury in space. They were yeah. doing a, re- re- a re- review screening because they always do. You don't release these movies mm-hmm. with sure. hundreds of millions of dollars without reviewing the crap out of it and reshooting stuff mm-hmm. if you need to. And they were like, you know what? Nick Fury's character isn't working. What do we do? And then they had this great idea. That's what it seems like. <laughs> Got it. I uh, no, I would I would uh, disagree. I think this is especially because it fits in with this idea of illusion and subterfuge and not believing everything that you see. Uh, and I think that's like that's a textual reason for it. I think uh, for the the company reason, I'm sure that this is them gearing up for like remind everyone like, hey, there's space. And scrolls <laughs> and stuff, yeah. and there's gonna be like spaceships, and so get ready, you know, you know, ready your wallets for what's coming there. But I, but I think this was always, I think, kind of baked into uh, into the concept because uh, I there's well, there's no way it wasn't. Yeah, and, and it's Marvel, know, and it's, they plan forever ahead. <laughs> yeah, not not to be uh, too you know obsequious to to Disney, but and to Marvel, but I, I think that there's been uh, a steady level of quality throughout that I don't think that they would kind of go in. And sort of be like, oh, just kidding. I guess he's kind of bad. Let me. We'll, we'll kind of like we'll ADR some you know some excuses as to, as to why. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I'm I'm perfectly willing to accept that, and I actually agree with you guys completely that that that, that would be totally out of character and unlikely for Marvel to do. Um, but that is the way it feels. It, it felt, and, which and is a negative was, thing. And, and yeah, and he, and yeah. if it was coming from anybody else, right? Like if it was yeah. coming from anybody other than the Kevin Feige super team, yeah. Then I <laughs> would then I would say. I don't buy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like if this was a DC movie. Hey! There's <laughs> <laughs> just made a knife stabbing motion it's towards Baldwin. That's true. It's true. Uh, podcast, a famously visual medium. Uh, and But there was, uh, there, was, was a, there was fake knife lunging going on. But no, uh, fake well, knife lunging. for the benefit of the both of you. <laughs> but, uh, but very but uh, very accurate. There's no, there's no lies in anything that you've said so far, Jordan. That's true. In, in terms of quality for the two. So let's companies. talk. So let's, I want to hear you guys' thoughts about, because um, I think we've, we've, we've certainly well enough uh, beaten to death the idea of whether or not it, the Nick Fury thing works. But like, let's talk about just over or on the more macro sense. Is that okay to do? Is it okay to put this stuff in the end credits? I would say an, uh, that at this point, it exists the 23rd movie, CJ? Yeah. Uh, that at this point, it's they're not really end credits stuff anymore. These are, it, it's part it's of the movie. movie. It's mm-hmm. just the movie. And they just, and I think if anything else, it's just sort of like, just a, it's like a little dramatic uh, space just to say like, we've completed this uh, story. So you can have like a full sort of like, here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the end, everything's been resolved how it is. But like a comic book, here's like here's like the little, little next page or like you know mm-hmm. next issue. You know, look out for as, as danger looks. Find out what corner. happens yeah. next. In yeah. that case, I, I, I'm I'm interested that this seems like maybe one of the first times that this form has been used really well. Yeah. Like so, I mean, like to the point that it's like it's it's realizing its full potential. Then. Yeah. So I am thinking about it uh, from a business standpoint uh, at. F- like Marvel, 
the reason that they did these after credit scenes is for that reason, Dixon, is, is uh, hey, this is the movie. You liked the movie. Look, more is coming up. They, I mean, I remember. Oh, man, do I remember um, <laughs> watching um, – uh, at the Nick, end of the Hulk? No, at the end of Iron Man 1, uh, Iron Man 1 and realizing oh, yeah, they're yeah. doing an Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man! Yeah. That feeling. <laughs> Do you remember that feeling? Yeah, it was... Oh, uh, oh. For me, it was even... Uh, that was... Uh, it was uh, as well. But also, uh, at the end of Avengers, when... You know, at the very end, you, you see like the the master behind the whole uh, Earth invasion. He gets up and he and, turns. And he turns, and it doesn't say. You, you don't Smile. hear his name. Uh, you don't really see him beyond like a very kind of close a shot of his head. But it's Thanos, and mm. at that point, uh, Thanos was like a fairly deep cut. Yeah. Uh, oh villain. yeah. Like if you yeah. if you read comic books, you know. If you're anybody else in this world, you do not. That was it's me. Like, I have zero idea. You're like, who is that very muscular grimace? Essentially, <laughs> is uh, what it looked like to everyone. Why else. does he have a skirt on the bottom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why don't we all? Uh, and so and so yeah. So it, it started off, I think, as as kind of like a tease like that. But I think they were kind of like kind of like really kind of feeling the roads. And, and again, yeah. you know, to my kind of my earlier point, like these are comic book movies that are completely unashamed to be comic book yeah. movies. And I think they're really leaning into it at this point. And yeah, and and they're they're kind of stepping up their game in like maybe just maybe if there is a superhero fatigue that these after credit scenes we might get to a point that you're not going to stay for them. If they're just a tease like I like uh at the end of Homecoming uh, there was, I don't remember. Captain America. It was Captain yeah. America. It was like a little gag. It yeah, I was like, a little yeah, bummed. It wasn't much. Because yeah. it was just like this little thing and it didn't give me any other, like, there was, um, at the end of, at the end of one of them, in the, maybe it was the, the end of the first Captain America movie or, or something, there was the, the hammer. We saw the hammer. Um, and that was really cool because mm. it was a tease that Thor is coming. And I liked the tease. Mm. I don't like the gags. Ant-Man, it's a giant ant playing the mm. drums. Doesn't matter to me. I want, I want... I yeah, want to feel like, like been, they're teasing it more. It seems like they've been experimenting with the end credit scenes yeah. a lot. Like at the very beginning, it was to it was to give you the sense that there was something larger going on. Yes, and that was important, but also you could miss it and you wouldn't miss it, right? That you wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't have a lesser or you wouldn't have a a critically lesser experience than if you had seen it. So it was like it was nice, but not necessary. And then yeah. later they tried some different gags, things like I I remember. I mean, so at the end of the first Avengers movie, the shawarma, like, yeah. I was a that huge was fan of that. Sure, I, 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 was too. I wanted that to be like the background of my computer forever. <laughs> but then, um, but and and uh, unfortunately, that that also contributed to the problems with Avengers, which is that nobody seemed to care that thousands upon thousands of people had died. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, uh, they're, they're, they've been experimenting with different things. I love that you called out the the ant playing the drums because it seems like they were like maybe people want this, and then it's and I think they. I mean, it seems like they're leaning more toward. I mean, this is the bold choice. I think this yeah. is the boldest cho- end credits choice I've seen, and so it seems like this is like either it's just another experimentation or they've decided to go this way. This is such a bold choice that I feel. Feel like it kind of portends them having decided to go this way. Yeah. Like from now on, you better stay for the end credits because if you don't, you're gonna essentially have missed the movie. Yeah, and it's and it it's uh, Peter Parker's identity um, has been such because it was so. Uh, oh yeah, it was such we, a big we, deal. We, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we should probably point out yeah. the other kind of big surprise for this is is the return of a beloved character. Oh uh, yeah, uh, where we, we see J Jonah Jameson. J Jonah Jameson. Uh, yes. Play, 
uh, returning this time as almost kind of like uh, like an Alex, uh, what's his name? Alex uh, from InfoWars. Alex Jones. Alex, uh, as, oh. as an Alex Jones type of like <laughs> yes. conspiracy nut. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. As opposed to kind of like a, a, like a newspaper publisher. Uh, and uh, the same actor has returned from Tom McGuire's movie. I'm blanking on his own. Um, uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Academy Award winning J.K. Simmons. Which, if you'll remember, our well, last episode was, yeah. up as of this Whiplash. last was, was Whiplash. And yeah. so, uh, which I was thinking, I forgot until after we finished recording, but that but that that yeah. was the connection to Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which, which is great. I think it's a great way to update the character uh, as to yes. someone who is mistrustful of Spider-Man. Yeah. As someone who kind of like a whips up uh, anger towards him and resentment. Which is, which is one of the, the, the biggest stories with Mysterio is um, he kind of, he comes into J. Jo- Jonah Jameson, J. J. Jonah Jameson. JJJ. JJJ. <laughs> and uh, and says, uh, okay, so he he tricks, so Mysterio tricks Spider-Man into stealing a bag of, of money from a bank. And then J. Jo- Jonah Jameson is like, oh, no, see, guys, look, he's bad. So Mysterio comes into him and is like, hey, uh, give, if you print this in the paper, and it's a note that says, Spider-Man, if you want to know what happened, meet Mysterio on the roof, da-da-da-da. So he does, and then Mysterio's plan is to basically defame Spider-Man and become the ultimate hero himself. And so that like that was somewhat the plot of this Mysterio, but then they like really brought it home at the end of yeah. of the or the end credit scene. And so it was like it was not only a cherry on top of the character uh, but it added to the story. Oh, yeah. It brought back. I mean, there it was, was so it was, much. It was so much it, it, in it, this. It dramatically alters yeah. the experience of the movie. Yeah. Um. It, it it becomes almost the point of the movie. Like if you, <laughs> the, everything you see you saw before was for this moment. Yeah. It wasn't for the moment of. Peter swinging through mm-hmm. the city with MJ, which was neat. It was. I, I love that moment just because. Uh, w- wouldn't we all be oh, at no, MJ at that moment? <laughs> It'd be <laughs> terrible. Us screaming our head off. Like, <laughs> be like doing flips around, you know, like the Chrysler building, and just yeah. you're just holding on. For, like, please God, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, no, it was, it was absolutely delightful. Um, and then you see the end credits, and you're like, oh, this is what the entire movie was building up to. Is yeah. this moment yeah. where uh, also wonderful bookend of Peter getting outed. Even though he didn't want to be outed, yeah. even though he was mm-hmm. de- desperately afraid of being outed, and so at the end of at the end of Iron Man, Iron Man's like, I'm Iron Man. At the end of Spider Man, he's like, people need to know, mm-hmm. people need to not know that right, Peter yeah. Parker is Spider Man, and then and then he gets outed by Mysterio. It's really yeah. great, really really great. Um, Good choice. I so one last thing, I I feel like I really and we're I know we're basically out of or overtime at this point, but I just want to want to get you guys' thoughts. The one other really kind of troubling thing to me about this movie, as much as I adore Jake Gyllenhaal, and as much as I really like the character of Mysterio, I was left a little cold by his motivation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what actually he wanted. He wanted to be famous. Like, that's basically all I got. That I mean, that that's, like, that's I, all it is I in the comic. It is. <laughs> more famous than the Avengers, but... That's not good enough. Like that's not a good enough. Yeah. Like he's already yeah. famous. Like there's so many ways to do that. So like, what is the? 
objective beyond the objective, you know, yeah. and, and it just didn't. I would didn't say quite that, uh, especially like you know, uh, and at the risk of sounding like uh, like a grandpa, and with that, with kids today, with their <laughs> with their reality TV and their <laughs> and Instagram their social TV. media, <laughs> but but, uh, but for so many for so many people, fame is the point of what they're doing, like with, like with the Kardashians, with like any given sort of like you know. Yeah, Insta model that, that's out there, and I think what it is, you know, he he sees he saw Tony take his life's work, his little hologram, his his barf projector, <laughs> and uh, and just take it for, for his own and and give it a bad name that he hates, and like, he he wanted to be Iron Man. And I think he sees like you know Tony Stark's face all over you know this, this world of where he's been lionized as essentially as you know as as the uh, as a god, as a man who sacrificed himself for reality to live and I think that's what he wants. I so I think I, I guess I'm I'm okay with the idea of like the raw thirst to use bring that word mm. back. We thirst for Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal and he thirsts for fame. Um, but what a wonderful thirst circle. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a, a circle. circle of thirst. <laughs> circle of thirst. <laughs> circle thirst. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop right now. Um, so uh, so if we get it, it, so I, I'm okay with him kind of being driven by this this need to be seen and to be mm-hmm. like to be the most famous, the most glorified. Like that kind of makes sense. I think the thing that, that sticks for me, or the thing that kind of interrupts that, is like a flow. Is is that he's got this whole team of people working for him, and they all have their own things, I guess. But I think in order for somebody to be a really effective leader and to be able to inspire the people the way that he did to work so tirelessly and hugely for him at the risk of their own lives and and uh, and, and uh, reputations, what is the thing that he's claiming, right? Because nobody's claim like, nobody is claiming that, like a Kardashian isn't claiming that their super objective is fame. They're not like, well, I'm in it for the fame. No, they're like, no, I'm in it to make the world a better place. I'm in it to help (laughs) poor people. It's like, well, no, you're not. You're in it to be famous. So what is the thing? I want to see what he's papering over his raw ambition for fame is. Like, what is that really compelling narrative that he has constructed? And I didn't, it seemed absent to me. I get get that. I do. I mean, he brought up uh, for the team he basically brought up money. Is, yeah, my, my, like my student be very wealthy team. Ve- yeah, yeah, very well, wealthy that's team. That's super weak, though. Yeah, you know? but it's, that because nobody's going to risk their like, nobody's going to risk everything for some money. Like no, like that's, well, they were like they were talking. It was a, a level of, but rich. it was a big. I mean, the, I'm saying like what? So this is just one of those things, right? Tribalism. Mm-hmm. It it is not. It's not based on money, really. I mean, it, that's a part of it. Certainly, everybody wants to get paid. Certainly, everyone's a mercenary on some level, but. What really drives people to do big, amazing things, and that's what they were doing. They were doing this big, amazing thing that yeah. had never been, been done before, is a story. And what was that story? Yeah. And well, there wasn't one. Well, I think a part of it is, I mean, it, not just the money, but I think a, a lot of it was just born from petty grievance. I think all of them, like, they really hated Tony. And that was... That but was Tony's the, already dead. Ah, uh, but not dead enough. So that's what I wanted to see. What I would have liked to see is, if, is there a plan? Really yeah. drive it home. And Agreed. Not, not just Agreed. to say it, but, like, what part of the plan is going to pay that off for them? Mm. So, like, at mm. what point do they say, mission accomplished, everybody hates Tony Stark mm. now? Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. And, and that, that wasn't in there at all. Like, no part of their plan involved them wreck like totally wrecking Tony Stark's Tony Stark's legacy yeah which they which I feel like they could have they could have that could have been part of that narrative there could have been mm-hmm. something in there that sort of like and that to me would have been very satisfying it because then been. it's not mm-hmm. just 
the stakes aren't just somebody, somebody who's not good is going to be really famous and powerful. It would have been somebody who we love is at risk of being utterly decimated in the public view, which is a, which is real stakes that we've seen before in in lesser ways. Uh, yeah, and then and then you could have you could have had a really interesting and, and compelling uh, character experiment with you know what will Spider Man go. You know what lengths will he go to to preserve that memory of Tony yes, and yeah. all of that? You're right. Yeah. They they could have. So that to that, me it could've. seemed like just kind of a missed opportunity. And, yeah. and without it, the the villain just felt less substantial. Yeah. Like it, it really at some on some level the only reason that Mysterio was really good in this is because of Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, totally. Because he is such oh, totally. a good, yeah. such a good actor. I, I think it should be said again, Jake Gyllenhaal, yum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think, Three I, times. What's yeah. 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 yeah, it's a hat trick. Uh, <laughs> I know, I, what, I, what I think was particularly great about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is that, you know, and that early on in the half uh, of the movie that CJ does not like where it, it, <laughs> it's Lizzie McGuire with web shooters. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he seems almost kind of like oddly bland and, I, you know, and you, 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 you kind of like or are kind of hunkering down like a twist is going to come but like even when he's like just having his heart to hearts he's just sort of like affable but just very so just like, charming yeah and so lovable and, and, it's, so and cool. then when he has that that uh they're in that they're in the bar in Prague, and he's gotten the, the magic glasses from uh, from peter and then he just completely turns and what i think jake john all does as an actor almost better than anyone else is just uh controlled lunacy like you see it in, mov- in movies like uh, Nightcrawler. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad you referenced Nightcrawler. Uh, <laughs> you, and you see it even uh, in, like in Velvet Buzzsaw and stuff like that. It's where like where he has this idea of like this barely controlled seething mm-hmm. that he's able to do. Yep. Uh, and it really serves him really well in this. Where, Absolutely. And, and, like as he gets further away from this, his, his fake, his very fake performance of like a nice guy, and he just starts like to berate his team, where like he has the guns trained on his computer guy. Uh, and it basically is like threatening all of them with like if you don't follow, you follow me this far you're going to follow me now or I will kill you yeah and I completely buy it absolutely because let's be honest who among us either in this room or out there anywhere would not follow Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and do whatever he commands first out of love and then out of fear yes. <laughs> um, no that's and a, a that's fear about really losing point. that love yeah. yes <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no that's that's a that's a really great point um, there was one other thing and I feel like it's escaping me. And I'm and I'm now I'm like disturbed. I wish I wish I could help. Uh, I'll just say that uh, as uh, someone with a comedy background, someone who uh, is a bit of a comedy nerd, uh, these are all just it's a really funny movie. Uh, yeah. He uh, the director uh, John Watts gets uh, fantastic comedy actors uh, like Martin Starr, uh, like JB Smoove, uh, <laughs> and just and they're all Smooth. they're just all <laughs> so funny. But but it, it it never feels like oh, like we're taking a break, quick break to like to, here's the gags part. No no no. They're no. all like interwoven. Yeah, it's in motivated. Yeah. It's plot driven. Mm-hmm. It's character driven. It's yeah. It is it is good comedy. I don't think that this movie was as funny as the first one. Agreed. I agree. Uh, thank you. Yeah, wow, that was really easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm frankly not, surprised. Not, not since Jake Gyllenhaal Yum has there been such a <laughs> concordance in the room. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the last thing, I remember the last thing I wanted to say, um, and this is more of just a, a quick note. I really, I really loved, especially once again, talking about how critical the first, uh, post credit scene is. I really love the way this movie, um, opens up this, this vast question of what do we do in a world, in essentially a post-truth world, right? It's a post-evidence, post-truth, post-scientific reasoning world where people will believe whatever they see 
because there's not because they see so much yeah. and it becomes optional. And it, there's, there's, there's a line so in there many, that they'll believe yeah. what they want to. Yes, they, yes, they'll believe what they want to and they believe what they they'll, they'll based on so if you see three really compelling images that tell you three very disparate and competing stories, the only thing left is your opinion, mm-hmm. is your preference. And so it's really interesting to see them sort of like put that out there. Here is a world where you could see almost anything. Anything can be constructed for you to see. And we've seen it little in bits and pieces, but this movie was all about that. Mysterio yeah. is leveraging the power of of hallucination to its like nth degree. So and 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 maybe the only hope that this that that this film presents as like viable is the Peter Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you have to depend on the Peter Tingle mm-hmm. within. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's the message we get from it. No, <laughs> I agree. Like it, it's it's a very timely message to where the whole movie is essentially about misinformation. It's about hashtag fake news. Yeah. Uh, which uh, they didn't have to do it like that. They could have, they could have honestly just made uh, here's one, one superhero is gonna be punching this other superhero for a, a while and then uh, they're gonna punch somebody else and then one of them falls down and then that's the movie. Uh, but they, they, there's, there was thought and uh, and real reverence put into like the overarching thing, which is why, again, why I think the squirrels were already kind of baked in there because they, they further feed that uh, that theme of misinformation, of subterfuge. You of, can't trust what you see, yeah, like mm-hmm. ever, yeah. And that's that's a that's a it's a terrifying proposition. And I'm I'm, I guess this is I'm just going to bridge right into uh, this sort of pre conclusion of the episode, which is of this episode is which is to say that what we have to look forward to is very clearly another Spider-Man movie. I mean, oh, yeah. we're, we're, it's, it's coming, uh, hopefully soon. And I want to see them tackle this head on. Because in this movie, where uh, some of the stuff is suggested. It's like, here's a problem. And then by the end, you're like, oh, here's a big problem. Yeah, here's exclamation a exclamation point. Maybe, un- maybe insurmountable problem. Now, what are we going to do about it? And I'm curious to see what the creative team teams in Marvel have to say about how a problem like this should be handled. The, the last time that I remember, or the uh, the last two movies that I that I immediately come to mind where Marvel took on really big, important, relevant political, so, socio-political themes was in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And it did very effectively, I would say, once again, most thematically successful movie in the Marvel Universe. And then uh, Captain America, uh, I wouldn't say Civil War, but I would say Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. As far as being hyper-social, socio-politically relevant to that time period where we're all sort of afraid about government oversight and all this stuff. So this is, again, I think I don't, I wouldn't put Far From Home in that category, but the third one might be. Yeah. And I would, love to see, I yeah. would love to see that teed up. Uh, I would love to see that paid off. Mm-hmm. I, I remain uh, forever hopeful. They have yet to steer me wrong for any of these movies. Uh, even, even the worst of the Marvel movies... At, at the very worst, they're just okay. <laughs> they, they're, they're never they, outright. They, they're, bad. they're never like bad. They're never. They're not Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, they're it, not bad the same way other movies yeah. are bad sometimes. It's uh, so uh, yeah. It's it's a lot to 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 bite off. But I have every confidence so far that uh, they will be able to, to chew it well if you'll follow my <laughs> tortured metaphor. <laughs> I don't see that I have a choice. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm. I I feel very positive, in general, as as nearly always at the end of episodes about Marvel movies. Yeah, man, I just got caught up. Suicide Squad was so bad. 
it was it was just the worst. It was, it was so a, bad. I, I had uh, a, it was it a, reminded me. It, 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 it was really worse. It was a date movie for me. Oh, good. My date suggested like, oh, let's see Suicide. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we saw it. I'm like, there will not be a second date. That, there. <laughs> that, 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 there, nothing good can come from this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, one question I have, real quick, about yeah. what's coming up. Um, yeah. So there's going to be another. Spider-Man movie, but is it so? This is technically a Sony movie, but it's in the MCU. It's technically a Sony movie. It is. Uh, it is created. It is produced uh, and essentially made by Marvel. All of the money for it, like every all my my little dollars that when I go see it multiple times, it all goes to Sony. Uh, okay. And they did it essentially because they wanted Spider-Man to play with because they they being Marvel get all the merchandising rights. They so when, when you're buying your Spider-Man tote bag. And your jammy jams, you know, and your uh, your toothbrushes and and and, and home colostomy bags with the Spider-Man label on it. <laughs> that that money's going to Marvel, so it is in their best interest to to put I'm forth. I'm so glad you went medical equipment. <laughs> I was I was like, that's that's where this joke needs to go. <laughs> I'm glad we're some powder. Uh, but and so it's it's in their interest to make a good Spider-Man movie, so, so as to not damage their brand. So yeah, so it is technically a Sony movie, but. Really, it's a Marvel movie, and okay. and the ne- the next but di- one. But Disney be. Disney yeah. doesn't own this movie, then. No, no. Okay, that's, see, that's 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 confusing. I yeah. mean, I, I get it, but it's confusing. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's also it, like it's also like this movie has to to make a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it doesn't, then all rights go back to Sony, and it's mm-hmm. a whole deal. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, Jeez. it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope it makes uh, more than enough money for this to just continue. It is uh, easily it on is. track. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think and I think Sony's absolutely fine with that. Yeah. They know they know where their their bread is buttered, yeah. and they can go off and make weird little Venom movies if that's what they. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, did you guys talk about Venom on, yeah. on your podcast? Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was, what a weird. It was a movie. hard. It was episode. it was a movie that he got interrupted in, and then didn't go back in because <laughs> he was like, "I'm never, done." Never bothered to finish. <laughs> it's honestly, you probably made the right choice. <laughs> I a, feel very confident. I, I mean. It's, that's just it's yeah. Tom. There's Tom. Uh, there's Tom Hardy, and that's that's, that's fine. That, and then good. literally, if there's just like a, a version of the movie, if there's like a, a cut on DVD where I can just watch Tom Hardy being weird for like 35 minutes yeah. <laughs> and not have to worry about the, all the other nonsense, I'll watch that. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, we. I think we. T- what, what are we at now? Uh, we're at uh, we're at an hour and sixteen minutes. Yeah, all right, we're getting there. <laughs> we're at, we're at day three of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't uh, eaten or yeah. slept in many hours. Well, I mean, hours. I mean, we do have three opinions to go through instead of just two. So that's I true. think no, that's, I think we did I really good. Right. I think yeah. we really. I, I I'm gonna count this first uh, guest episode as a success. How do you feel, Dixon? I am sad that I did not completely de- uh, derail this entire podcast <laughs> and bring it crashing down to its knees. Uh, in fairness, it didn't seem like you tried very hard. <laughs> it's true. I, th- I think if if, uh, if you had disliked the movie a little bit more, I think there would have been fisticuffs. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, again, this uh, uh, podcast is famously visual medium. I am five foot five. Uh, it would have been a very quick fight. Not in my favor. <laughs> uh, don't sell yourself short. I have not. I didn't mean I that. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say something self-deprecating, but I just insulted you. <laughs> not what I intended at all. Um, I have not exercised in a while. I have not done upper body exercise in quite some time. So I think I, it would I was go. gonna, I was gonna give you the the nerd uh, compliment, which <laughs> is. Wolverine, I think, is like 5'5", five, 5'4". Five, five, so. In the comics, he's 5'3". Five, 5'3", five, oh yeah. I didn't know, know that. He's like 5'3", yeah. but he's like 280 pounds. He's like a little... Like a, little, like a tank. Ah! Yeah, he's like yeah. a little fire because well, he's filled guy. with metal. Yeah, yeah. He's filled, filled, <laughs> with, filled with metal and Canadian bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. Well, on Monday, we're going to be doing an off-the-shelf episode on another Marvel sub-franchise, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, Volumes 1 and 2, which is guaranteed to draw some salty opinions. Um, unfortunately, Dixon will not be here to join us. But I, I actually did have my boss, because when we did the Marvel movie, the Marvel movies ranked, uh, my boss texted me and said, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I'm so, excited. Yeah, to get it'll to, be great. I'm excited great. to get more ire from your boss. <laughs> um, so the connection, of course, is Dave Bautista, because the following Friday we're going to be covering Stuber. I'm going to say Stuber. Achtenstuber. Achtenstuber. <laughs> um, and we're going to be trying our best to maintain positive vibes leading up to that movie. Best of luck, sir. Um, <laughs> thank you. And as always, if you have questions, comments, recommendations for anything... About anything, uh, let us know. We're everywhere. Yep. Where are we, CJ? Facebook, Instagram, email, website, all that. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Yeah. Google us. If you if last resort, just type Nerd Critic into Google and you cannot miss us. Um, and if you're not on the weekly email list yet. Get on it. That's right. And um, thank you, Michael Bonmiller. For the music. For the music. Yes. And uh, thank you, Dixon Gaines. You're very well. Thank you, guys, for opening your hearts and your homes <laughs> to possibly an even bigger nerd than CJ. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like our audience to do or uh, remember? Uh, you know, uh, go out and, and, and pet a dog today. <laughs> dog, dogs are our friends. Just give, just give, Is there a dog around you? Give, give that dog, him or her, a great big hug from his pal Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you the honor, the, nay, the, the privilege. No, wait, it's supposed to go the other way around. around. Privilege. No, nay, the (laughs) honor. It's true. After I've been insulted now, (laughs) I, 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 you should have owned that because I I was in my head. I was thinking like, wow, that was really quick. (laughs) That's good. That was unintentional. I've been been pulling my punches. No, I should have been win. I'm not mean enough. I, uh, I no, pretend I, like I'm mean enough, but yeah. I'm not. No, I will. I will take. A, I will take this moment. I'll take the honor. I will. I will hoist up the jeweler, my friend. Uh, that's Thor's hammer. I'm putting up Thor's hammer uh, to tell you to remember to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut.